I got a little bit of a, a question for you. If I was to ask you which side this coin would land, which side would you choose? Her heads, some tails, got, got, got a little bit of both. Today is uh, Super Bowl Sunday, and there is, is a big game in our culture. You don't even have to like the sport to love the event. Because a bunch of people just tune in to the halftime show. But the, and the commercials, right? And half of y'all don't care about the commercials, the halftime show. You just want to eat. I know, you just want to eat. I get it. And so there is a game that the nation looks at, but there is a game that's underneath the game. It's called betting. This guy named David Purdom says the Super Bowl, Super Bowl coin flip may be the greatest two seconds in sports betting, and the amount of money that changes hands is insane. Out of hundreds of betting options on the Super Bowl, from betting the color of the sports drink dumped on the winning coach to betting who the MVP will thank during their acceptance speech, more money is riding on heads or tails than any of them. It is estimated that 30 million people will place bets this year and that millions upon millions will be betting just on the Super Bowl. And while there has been so much research, so much research, Stanford, one of our Ivy League schools, has done research on the coin flip. We have found there is no science to it. It's all just chance. And so you find millions of people approaching this with a wishful mindset. I wish that it lands on tails. I wish that it lands on heads. See, the posture of wishing is something that a worldly culture can truly embrace. But not that of the Christian. The Christian doesn't place our security and our foundation on a wish. We place our fitting, our sure stance on the love and beauty of God. And so I invite you to join me in our continuing in our Hebrew series in Hebrews chapter 11 as we look at what is counter to wishing. We're going to look at faith. Faith. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read just the first six verses. Hebrews chapter 11. And we've continued in this series where we are seeing Christ from a different angle. My, my hope is just like a beautiful diamond. Depending on how you let that diamond hit the light, you see a different reflection from the diamond. Our prayer is that each week we get into this book of Hebrews and you'll be seeing a different component of who Jesus is. We need about a week to talk about each component because Jesus is so beautiful. 
He's so beyond us that, that wrapping our minds around all that he is able to achieve from being a, 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 a leader better than Moses to being a, a better high priest than Melchizedek, all of these different things, we get each week to just have a glimpse into it. And this week we get a picture of faith. It'll be on the screen there and there's pew, there's Bibles at the pews. Uh, what page are we on, family, in the, in the Bible, pew Bible? 1007. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. There's a commentator that I like. He says, faith for the Hebrews is always linked to hope. Faith is looking at God and trusting him for everything, while hope is looking at the future and trusting God for it. Let me say that again. Faith is looking at God and trusting him for everything, while hope is looking at the future and trusting God for it. It wasn't that long ago that a number of adults in here started receiving lists. And my kids did a little bit of hinting at first, you know what I'm saying? Just drop a list. Like, What's this? Oh, that's a Christmas list. Dad, I don't know where that came from. You know, just, just they started dropping hints, and then I lose the list. I ask them for the list again. And, and children have this, this beautiful, like, way about them where they believe that you can actually do anything that you can find anything and everything, and that you have this ability to fulfill the whole list. <laughs> they see you in that light, not always because of everything you've done, but you've done enough that they say, I can trust you. See, faith is the rooting, it is the foundation, it is what you establish your ability to trust someone. And so this child trusts you dearly, but the child doesn't yet have what's on the list. See, that's where hope comes in. Faith is rooted in what I already know to be because of who you are. Your character has shown me again and again you are faithful, but there's something that I need and I believe I'm going to get it. And so the Bible keeps telling us about the beauty of having childlike faith. Why? Because if a child can dream it, they can believe it, right? They can believe it's going to be something within their grasp. And so if it's a remote-controlled car, if it's an iPhone, sorry, daughter, uh, if it's, you know what I'm saying, like, like they, but they believe that it might go down. See that beautiful connection between faith and hope. I love the way another commentator defines faith. He says, uh, it's what gives assurance to our hopes. It's what gives us conviction about things we can't see. Conviction about things we can't see. See, I need a, a heart that gets convicted. Conviction helps me through anxiety. Conviction helps me through worry. Conviction helps me through my loudest voice, which is doubt. 
But conviction lets me know that, okay, even though those voices are screaming louder, I now have something that girds me in courage to just take a step more. Just take a step more. Why? Because the Lord has convicted me to know that I can trust in him. There's a, a book that I read. It's called Opening Up Hebrews. And uh, this writer says, people often excuse themselves as not being able to believe, as if faith were a matter of genes or something you inherit. All human beings live by faith, especially in our technological age. What matters is where we place our trust and on what grounds. I remember uh, I got my first car. And, uh, well, no, excuse me. I this is the first car I bought. I was blessed. My grandmother gave me my, my, my mom gave me my first car. My grandmama gave me my second car. Third car I bought. You feel kind of some kind of way when you do it yourself a little bit, you know? You know, you just, you just, yeah, you just got a little swag to you. And, and I got this car, stick shift. I just know I'm bad, you know, uh, uh, burning through tires all the time, jerking all my friends around. But it's a stick shift, and I just feel like I'm in control, you know what I'm saying? I got my stick shift, and, and every time I jump up, I just know this car is going to take off. Because with a stick, even if, like, yo, even if things are acting up, you can, like, roll and coast and just pop it in the gear and get the rolling. You know, like, you got some ways to do this thing. And my car was a good car. I never questioned stuff. We would roll, go out of town, me and my frat, like, do our thing. And then one day the car started acting up. Go to get in it. Now... When the friends are like, hey, Leon, you want to drive? I'm like, I don't know. It got to a point where the car started acting up. They start saying, Leon, you, no, we ain't going to ask you no more. Pastor K, you want to drive? Like, like it, was, it, was, it was one of those things where all I needed was an example of the failure to now lead me to question my trust in the car. You see, we as humans have our trust in something. It will be in your car. It will be trusting that the designer of the iPhone made it so that the button works. It will be in your health. It will be in your job. We as people are wired to trust and believe. Could you imagine if you trusted in nothing? How scary that would be. Could you imagine if you trusted that no streetlights would work? That no other driver would observe the the driving rules, that no medication, no medicine, no. Could you imagine how crippling that would be to think that everything around you, and so you are wired, we are wired for trust. And so God says, but I want you to trust in me. And be crazy enough to, in trusting in me, believe for something that you don't yet see. You don't yet see. I, I like that, uh, that there's these things that recognize that we have our faith and are rooted in God, but there's some things that seek to try to drown out your faith. There's some things that seek to try to steal away your foundation in God. 
One of them can be uh, exalting people or traditions too high. I never forget. Uh, I was I was here and I don't remember who it was. It might have been Edith. It might have been. I don't remember who it was, but we were having a discussion about Dr. King. And and it's cool how many people like love the service side of Dr. King. They love that he was willing to like sacrifice so much for like wages so that people could be paid a fair wage and for voting rights and all these things. And one of our church members was like, but did you love the God he loved? Did, did, did you love the God he loved? See, see his, his ultimate faith was in God, but his hope was not just we would be a better America singing kumbaya together, skipping, and all eating each other's food at the potluck. That's cool. But his ultimate hope was in a shalom. And if you've ever heard a sermon preached about shalom, go back and listen to our previous elder, J.D., because he brought the fire on this sermon. Shalom is rooted in who God is. It's rooted in a in a unity of all things, a harmony, a beautiful rhythm of godliness flowing in our experience. That's what King was ultimately aiming for. And as he looked and saw all these disruptions to that holiness, he said, I've got to fight for it. Can we hope like that? It's a question I ask myself as I sometimes look and I see, I see, I read Dr. King's messages, I Look at so many pastors that were the the fabric of the civil rights movement. And I sometimes say, what would I have done? But I've been marching right now. It's easy to say, yeah, I'd have been out there. And then I look at my children's faces. And I get scared thinking about what would happen to them if I would have spoken up. I look at I look at the 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 evil that was present within our nation. Preach. I look at, you know, we were we were watching uh, uh, Eyes on the Prize, and um, um, my Lord, tell me the name of the young man who went down south was from Chicago. His mother, Emmett Till. Thank you, Emmett Till, my lord. Um, and we were we were looking at looking at the the beauty of the community that came around, but the the pain of the situation that brought a, a national attention. And we thought, I thought, Lord, like, could I have hope for a healing after such pain, after such heartache and the Bible keeps communicating yes yes because see when we hope for what is unseen it is beyond what we can fathom that's why it's unseen if it was seen you would have already achieved it if it was something your mind could easily grasp you don't need God for that you don't need God when you feel good you need God to love someone when you're hurting 
You need God to help you fight through the pain when you want to inflict pain upon them. You see, faith is rooted in hope. And the only way we as Christians can believe in a shalom type of hope is because we have a God who says, I am love. I am peace. And I see the peace that is lacking in you. I see in you what is hurting. I see in you what you are struggling with. I see in you what has at times rocked your foundation. And I want you to hope for that too. You see, I love that the the Bible constantly gives us a picture of the world and how God is recreating all things. But he gives us a laser focus on you as an individual because he died for you, your sin. New creation in the whole world. But he also says, can you hope not to hurt so much? Can you hope? to be able to heal from the pain that they caused you? Can you hope to see yourself as God sees you? Can you hope to change the patterns of your family? See, God gives us an opportunity to have faith, but this faith is rooted in something big. It's rooted in something beautiful. It's rooted in a God that's beyond all of us. And what I'm scared of is a church that hopes like God. That's a dangerous church. Where we have hope that isn't bridled. I was uh, listening to a poem, or maybe it was a rap song. They all, I get confused sometimes, y'all. I'm in, I'm in every world, you know what I'm saying? Come on, Stephen, Instagram just be flowing. I was scrolling, y'all. I was scrolling. Don't, don't hurt me. But, but, the, but the song or the poem was called, it's called, When Did You Stop Believing? And it was about, as a child, how you thought you could do anything. And the more you matured, the more you heard voices that said, you can't do that. Why are you trying that? You don't know how to do that. And the importance of dreaming like a child to not let those barriers that others may put around themselves be put around us. That our faith and our hope would be beyond even what we can believe. That's, that's some of the beauty of the season that we're in at MacAv in reconciled to reconcile, right? If we're talking about evangelism, and y'all, I keep saying the same verse over and over, so y'all might be like, Pastor, we ain't been in the verse in a while. No, we staying in the verse. We only doing six today, but the main one is verse one. If you get down the beauty of this term, If this settles in your heart that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, if you live that out, if we walk in that power, we're a dangerous church, dangerous people for God. And so my prayer is that you would be tempted, be enticed a little bit to dream again like a child. To be willing to say, God, what are you calling me to? What, what could happen? What could happen? I just leave it open. What could happen? I look at y'all. I'm saying, what could happen if I start the business? What could happen if I start, you know, a mother's group? What could happen if I have this person over for coffee? What could happen if, if I dream? And, and this isn't just like what we get to do our own world. No, this is, this is 
Hope in what God can do. I love that, that, that the biblical art, author roots this in God because God is a, is a God that meets us. He stretches us to do more for him. So hope is always rooted in who he is and what he does. But then also he pushes us to look more like him. So now you do for God more than you ever thought you could, and then you get pushed to do more than you ever thought you would. God is amazing. So I got excited and got off my notes. Flip with me to Mark chapter 7. Because sometimes what can happen is something like hope and faith get missed because we are so into our routines and our traditions. Mark chapter 7, we're going to start in verse 5 and verse 9. It's going to be up on the screen, but it's also in your pew Bible. Garrett, hit that little thing, turn that down about three notches, the uh, thermostat for me. Mark chapter 7, sorry, verse 5. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat, excuse me, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of your, hip, of your hypocrites as it is written, this people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the, to the tradition of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your own tradition. In order to establish your own tradition. See, here you have the, 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 the leaders of the church actually being in the presence of a holy God. And because of the routines and the rituals that they were used to, they couldn't see that the very thing, the routines and the tradition were pointing towards, which was a Messiah, was standing right before them. It's a clear indication of the beauty of relationship and the danger of routine. You can come to church every Sunday. And not have true faith and hope in Christ. You can give generously. And not have true faith or hope in Christ. You can even pray for people and evangelize. And not have true faith or hope in Christ. See, God wants our faith and our faith alone with our faith he can do everything without faith nothing blesses him we about to see here and go back now to hebrews we back to hebrews 11 verses 2 and 3 says for by it the people of old received their commendation by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. I love Psalms 33. He did this. This He's like the dopest writer ever. 
uh, over lyrics. He says, the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the water of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the Lord stand in awe, for he spoke, 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 and it came to be. When God spoke, it began to exist. My, uh, my kids are of varying talents. All, I think, are gifted. That's because I'm a dad and I'm biased. <laughs> but there's some, there's some artistic expressions that some of my kids have more than others. And I'm hooked into watching artists on InstaTube speed up their time. Insta- I'm going to go ahead and sit down right quick. I just, I just dated myself about 85. Okay. <laughs> on the tube, you know, okay. Uh, so on, on Instagram, and, and they'll speed up their artwork. Now, it's probably taking them 40, year, 40 hours of work. But they speed it up, and you see this white blank canvas become the dopest picture. Goes from their mind just up here, which I can't get because I can't make a circle. I'd be like, how you do a circle? And they can come up with a beautiful image from their mind that's meticulous. Almost looks like it's real. And that's like a fraction of what God did. When God stood back and there was nothing and he said waters and we started having Niagara Falls and Mountains, Grand Tetons, and Kilimanjaro. You know? He said, beautiful minds, beautiful eyes, beautiful hair, beautiful lips. And God created all of us. You see, God is is communicating. Hold up. When you even start to get anxious, when you start to worry, when doubt starts to creep in and you get scared, I create it all. Everything that is came from me. So you can have your security. You can be confident in faith and in hope. Because if I did that, what holds me back from a future creation? You see what I did in a past creation. You don't think I can do it again? And so we get this beautiful image of God saying, hey, don't miss it. We understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that is what is seen uh, and what was not made of things are visible. He he references kind of the, the old school leaders and part of the trouble with this this Hebrew people is that they gave their leaders so much recognition and acknowledgement that they almost lifted them higher than they did God. So Moses, we love because of look how faithful he was and, and, and uh, look at the miracles he did by parting the sea and Abraham, look at the blessing that was upon him and all those things were beautifully true. But what the Hebrew writer wants you to get is that it doesn't matter which favorite biblical person you have. 
the only thing that brings them favor with God is that they had faith. Had faith. And that is what I need. That is what you need. We need to know something simple. If the standard was that you got to split the Red Sea in order to get God's favor, if the standard is I got to lead everybody into a war and it's 20 of us and 2,000 of them and we got to win, I'm going to be like, can Edith go in the front? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, like if if the standard is based on their lives, lives that were sinful, lives that were broken, but lives that had some beautiful, miraculous expressions of God, then we lose. But if it's based on something we can grasp, something like faith, now you and I are no better than Moses, but we're also no less than. We're seen as God's people. And what, what the writer is trying to do is reorient their minds and say, don't lift them up so high that you value them over the simple thing that they had faith. They had faith. And may that be an encouragement to your faith. He then gives us a couple of examples. A couple of examples. And, uh, ooh, I got to say that verse. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 24. Just write that down as, a, as one we're going to come to a, at another time for you to just enjoy doing your studying. But, but it says, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we must have patience. We wait for it with patience. Continue with me in verse, sorry, y'all, I'm scrolling. Hebrews 4, Hebrews 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So now you get an example of what we talked about earlier. Earlier we said, hey, you can come to church and not be truly heart-worshipping. See, both Cain and Abel came and worshipped the Lord. They brought before him first fruits. One had meat, one had veggies. Some of my people who love eating is like, that's where he messed up. He brought a salad to try to worship the Lord. What's wrong with him? <laughs> Better bring a steak and quit tripping. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But, but, but God, God does not say that, that it was the sacrifice that displeased him. All he says is that Abel, he rewarded. He saw what Abel brought forth as something that was good. And it leads us to understanding more of a heart posture of worship than the actual item. So maybe Cain went through the rituals. Maybe he came and dressed up in his suit. Maybe he was in the back singing hallelujahs. And when he got time to come up front and give his offering, he was like, mm, take that, God. The best of what I got. Like we, we don't know fully. What we do know is it didn't delight God. And what we know of Abel is that his did. 
We then see the, the next example. Look with me in uh, verse 5. Chapter 11, verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was found, and, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. You'll find the story of Enoch, short story, in uh, Genesis 5, verse 24. And it simply says, Enoch walked with God. He was taken up to heaven, but it, the, that simple phrase, Enoch walked with God. That's a simple life. Not too crazy. Not too Jesus-y so you don't understand really. So what it really is saying is he walked with God. And I, I've learned the beauty of walking. I'll sometimes, you know, have a little date night, wifey, wifey and I are walking. I got long legs. I'm, I'm stepping, you know what I'm saying? We, we moving. When you walk, sometimes you speed up to catch up with the other person. Sometimes you slow down. There's an adjusting that constantly happens as you are following their pace, and nobody stays at the same pace all the time. You are just, that's, that's the beauty of faith. Faith is God. I hear you over here and you told me to stay and now you're telling me to go. God, which is it? I don't know. I'm going to keep doing whatever you say. I'm going to walk with you. That's faith. Does faith mean we understand everything? No. Does faith mean he reveals everything? No. Does faith mean we can have confidence and hope in, in things turning out for our good because he loves us. Yes. Yes. Notice I said for our good, not that they always end up good. It didn't work out from an early standpoint too good for Abel. Right? Abel was killed by his brother. But his ultimate end was in a rejoicing with the Lord, and it was all worth it. Why? Because when you walk with the Lord, your faith is with God until forever. See, our minds think until the end, but for us, there is no end. We get to delight in God forever, and so we shall endure whatever we must endure, even if this walk is difficult. And some of y'all have some stories of choosing Christ and being rejected, choosing Christ and being humiliated, choosing Christ and being scared because everything that seems so safe, seems so secure, now is all up in the air but you're walking with him. But you're walking with him. And he loves you. He has you. And he wants us all to know we can have great hope in him when we have faith in him. Verse 6. Keeps it plain. Keeps it simple. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Not without money, it's impossible to please them. Not without an education, it's impossible to please them. Not without uh, uh, being able to speak in tongue. Not without being able to sing. Not without, how many more we got to go through? How? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So let's flip that over. 
with faith, it is possible to please him. With faith. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Rewards those who seek him. Family, you're going to be tempted by a lot of stuff. You're going to be tempted by a lot of stuff. Tempted to stop dreaming. Tempted to stop believing God for some beautiful things. Let me give you a quick list of, of things that I trust God for. And I'm, I'm believing it's going to happen. My heart breaks when it doesn't, but I'm trusting God for it. I long to see no people hanging outside of liquor stores or gas stations. I long to see men model healthy, God-centered masculinity. I long to see children know their value and worth from their earliest memories. I long to see mothers not clutch their purses when groups of boys walk past them. I long for women to see their worth based on what God says and not what a patriarchal society says. I long for women to celebrate and cherish their bodies and not use them in ways that would not be that would be unpleasing to God. I long for men to see their full potential for women to see their full potential. I long for our community to be safe. These are some of the things I pray for. Some of the things people say don't make sense. I meet people who lived in our neighborhood since they were children. And they'll tell me about the good old days. And they'll say, Pastor, why did you move here? Because even the good old days weren't perfect, right? We, 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 we know the, the slogan, make it, no, I ain't going to go there. Hey, we, the good old days wasn't perfect. But, but there was an idea that there were some components present where, where neighbors loved on neighbors. Where children were looked out from school to home because everybody looked out for all the kids where people weren't hungry, not just because there was a great welfare system, but because people said, well, if you don't have food, come on in, we'll feed you. There was like a community experience where we loved one another in a way that modeled beauty. And did everybody love Jesus? No. But it looked a little bit more like Jesus then than it did now. Listening to a a mother online talk about how much she... uh, was getting ready to tell off the teachers in the school. Just broke my heart. Because what? When do I believe my kids over the teacher any day? Sorry, kids. But hey, why? Because I was a kid, right? It, It never went down the way I told mama it went down. Sorry, ma. You know what I'm saying? So I go to this, you go to the school, you're supposed to go to the school, listen, hey, tell me what happened. Not, I can't wait till I get there to, it's like our community, the fabric's so broken. But if the church doesn't have hope, if 
the church doesn't have hope for what can be, then who will? So, family, don't lose that sense of of longing for something different. Don't lose that that understanding that we believe for things that we don't see yet to come because it's going to bring God glory and lift up his name. Our hope isn't so we can get all these accolades. If nobody knows of MacAb or any of us and our community is safe, hallelujah. Anyhow. Don't stop dreaming, fam. Don't stop having don't stop having hope in what God can do. Come on up, worship team. Father, I thank you. I thank you because our salvation to you flows through faith. If we don't have faith, it's simple, Lord. You say the righteous shall live by faith. So help us learn how to walk with you. Help us learn how to listen to you. The voice of God speaks to each of us individually and help us to have our ear tuned to hearing from you. So we may speed up at a pace where you want us to run or slow down and stop when you say stop, God. Guide us to conversations. Guide us to use our gifts, Lord. I was praying and Pastor Kay and I were talking about about some beautiful minds within our church that could help advance policy in our city that would have an overarching, a sweeping effect on residents, Lord. We're just praying for you to do some mighty things, but, but it starts with us glorifying you and knowing that we're rooted and our foundation is in you. As persecution may come, as it did for these Hebrew readers, let us persevere even to the point of death. It's in Jesus' name we pray.